0: Subscribe now to Grazy Her Magazine for your chance to win a set of Cultivar's Beautiful Bed Linen, valued at $425 per set. But be quick, subscribe now at grazyher.com.au and jump in before the current issue runs out.
1: Oh, I just love everything about it. I love the people, I love the i love how colorful it is and i love the landscape there's just everything is so beautiful and it, i don't know i just feel so i just feel so peaceful when i'm out um in the country
0: welcome back to life on the land a Grazy her podcast telling stories of women living in rural remote and regional australia I'm Sky Manson, and welcome back to season 10 of the podcast. Wow, season 10 and over 400,000 listens. Yeah, I know. We are so proud of what we've been able to achieve here, and we thank you for always being there to hear our stories. Today's guest gets imposter syndrome when she talks about her role in agriculture and rural Australia she is an ambassador of sorts and is shouting all rural life and country living has to offer from the rooftops via her career as a tv presenter sammy o'brien presents channel 7's queensland weekender and creek to coast and she is known and loved by country and city people all over she's also a mum to young lenny who you can hear in the background of this chat a farm owner and a cattle producer with her herd of 80 breeding cattle. She's also a great friend of Grazy Hers. We will be working with Sammy in the future and I will tell you more about that later. But first, let's find out how farming and rural life stole this girl's heart.
1: Oh, okay. so it actually... It's a half and half. So it's a bit because... Well, my husband absolutely loves it and he spent a bit of time on um, properties after he finished school. Um, But also, when I started travelling with work, we did a trip out to Gundawindi and Nindigully and Dhirrambandi and out that way. And it was quite a long trip and I was with um, one of our other presenters, Victoria Carthew, and she um, tells the story that um, when we were in Gundawindi, I said to her, and I don't actually remember saying this, but apparently I said to her, I'm going to live here one day. Gundwindi has all, I've always loved it there. We've got lots of really great mates there in Gundy and Moree. I think probably that was when I spent a bit of time there and especially with work and meeting lots of people because we do lots of interviews when we're working. Um, I think that's sort of when I really realised that I could live in the country and I just, I mean, Gundwindi is such a beautiful spot. So um, it was a real treat. But yeah, I think probably at that point, I sort of realized realized that I might want to um, give it a bit of a crack later on.
0: I think that's the beauty about what you do, like being a journalist and a TV presenter, when you go on location, you really do get a feel for the vibe of a place.
1: Yeah, you do. And like, you know, we are a bit you know like we always get the special treatment so we always get you know a little we we always get the bit of the glam side of it I mean not always but we always get to see the coolest parts of every spot so I usually think that everywhere I go is super cool because we always get shown the coolest spots and we get to do a bit of everything when um we're on the road so you know we'll be um we'll be shooting with a publican and then we'll go onto someone's property and then we might um, shoot with the local cafe owner. Then we'll speak to tourists who tell you why they love this spot so much. So you sort of get a bit of a perspective from everyone's angle that's involved in that spot. So it's, it's really nice in that regard. Because
0: you're not actually, um, you, you, you didn't grow up in the bush, did you?
1: No, no, I didn't. I'm born and bred Brizzy Girl. Gosh, we had a Fairly normal life (laughs) here. We spent a lot of time, sorry, I've got my little baby here too and he's very loud, Um, if you can hear that. Hi, Lenny. Hi, Lenny. So, yeah, we spent a lot of time at Morton Island growing up, mum and dad um, with a couple of other mates when they were really young, the year I was born. So they had us pretty young. Mum must have been about 23 when they bought the place. Um, Bought a little fibro shack on Morton. Um, and yeah, so it's been, we've had it for 30 years and it was sort of just every single holiday, um, like all of the school holidays and just every single chance we got, we'd go over to Morton and it was just beautiful. And we'd, um, and we still do, we still go over there and I still, we take Lenny over and, um, but yeah, it was just beautiful. It was just very simple. It still is really simple. There are no roads. It's still just all sand. There's one little shop that's got the bare minimum but there's you know there used to be a fuel station there there's not one anymore but yeah it's just it's super primitive and it's just we just love it so much we you know we'd go fishing in dad's little tinny and I just have the most beautiful memories of just it just being really simple and beautiful and just felt like home I think people didn't used to go to Morton so it was just sort of our little it felt like what felt like when I was little it was like our little spot our little paradise and I guess yeah you do feel like that in the country ah! it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: what was your life like day to day when you were like living in the city does anything stand out because people don't I mean people who live in the bush don't know what that's like
1: Oh, gosh. I mean, I guess it doesn't seem like anything exciting to me because it was my every day. But um, we, we've we always been really close to my grandparents and we lived sort of a street away from them. So they were really integral um, in our lives growing up, which was beautiful, and they still are. And um, they're still fighting for it. Gosh, they're so amazing. Um, so, yeah, my grandparents living just around the corner, um, I just like granddad used to build go-karts with us and all sorts of things he was sort of like a second parent I guess we loved it and from a really loving family so it was um I've got all happy memories from growing up so
0: so lead me through some of your journey from childhood primary school secondary school and then sort of through to university I went
1: to a little Catholic primary school just near where we live um, at home, um, and then from there I went to All Hallows, which was a big school in the city, um, all-girls school, and it, well, that was a huge jump because we were sort of going from this tiny little school where I think we only had 150 kids in the school, um, which is probably big for a lot of you thinking about country schools, um, but yeah going from primary school to high school was a huge jump because I was at a local little primary school and then going to a huge huge um all-girls school in the city um which was great I loved high school I really loved my experience at high school um and then I took a year off um I took a year off and went overseas for a year and I um lived in I traveled around Europe for a while and then I lived in um the countryside of Italy and um in Tuscany and I nannied for a family there for three months which was beautiful um and that was yeah that was a really beautiful experience and then I started uni I started journalism um at UQ it took me a long time to finish my degree because I got my job at um seven well I started as an intern at seven um when I was still at uni so it took me A thousand and one years to finish my degree, but I got there in the end. (laughs) Um funny
0: how it happens like that. You get the job and then you still have to finish the degree, which is the reason you do the degree in the first place. I know.
1: And I got to, I remember being in my last year of uni and I was doing like one subject, like I just had one to go. And it was just the hardest thing in the world to try and finish it. And because I was working full-time and I like I'd go to the cafe um in between my tutorials and I Saw two kids that I used to babysit for and I was like oh my god how are you guys here and I'm still here oh doing uni <laughs> yeah they were doing uni They was like that's how long it took me to finish it
0: oh my god so how how did um why did you want to be a journalist
1: well it was either journalism or nursing and um I oh gosh I think I just decided that I couldn't do nursing because I couldn't do it blind. but I always wanted to do something that was around people I loved I love talking to people and I love hearing people's stories and I love helping people and so I guess what I'm in mean now I get to speak to people and hear their stories all day and I guess nursing I could have helped people so it was one or the other and I journalism it was <laughs>
0: Uh, TV journalism because there's lots of different facets of like you could be a um, print journalist or a radio journalist or a TV one did you just love the screen
1: yeah I that was always it was never it was never ever going to be print Um, and even all of my subjects that it was pretty much all print and I just remember thinking oh my gosh this is nothing like what actually happens or what I want to do and I just that was that was a bit challenging because I really really wanted to get into TV journalism and I just The degree that I was doing, I felt like it was going absolutely in a completely different direction to what I wanted it to go in. But at the time there wasn't really anything, there weren't really like television courses or anything like that. Um, But I ended up doing a course outside of uni called Media Potential. I sort of got my in from there.
0: And when was your, obviously getting a gig, the internship with Channel 7 was an amazing opportunity. How did that come about?
1: That was unreal. I was that was just the best thing ever. I applied for gosh, I can't even really remember how it happened now, but Sophie for Micro, I think, gave me my in and I sort of I went for an interview for the internship job um and I got it. And then I just thought that I remember someone once saying to me, if you just if you do a really good job and make yourself indispensable, then you'll they'll have to keep you. excellent so I think my internship was meant to be for like eight weeks it was meant to be one one day a week for eight weeks it was unpaid um and then I just sort of kept going back and I was like and they weren't I guess they weren't noticing <laughs> I just kept showing up week after week and I think I like was there for a year <laughs> and um then I got offered a full-time job after that so um yeah I did a about a year, um, I think it was about a year free yeah, internship. And then I um, yeah, got offered a full-time job from that. And then I was um, the admin assistant for big years, for like three or four years. Like I slowly, slowly worked my way up to, I'd write this little, segment that was on the show um and it was called what's on and it was like the steam trains are coming through brisbane city you can see them at from 12 till 2 on a saturday and i would write those little sort of and i just thought that was like i thought i'd made it once i got given that you know that gig of writing the what's on um i started helping some of the producers out with their stuff like if they didn't want to shot list things or if they didn't if they needed help finding vision to fill um an episode or just all of the little things I guess that people didn't want to do I would do them all and I'd just be so excited to do them so everyone just kept palming stuff onto me so it sort of just went from there yeah
0: I love it such a good example of just being willing and excited to do anything and that little bits of work over a long period of time go so far
1: and it was so exciting to me. Like I was just, it was the best thing ever. Like I just, I was just absolutely in my element. So it wasn't even like it was a tedious thing for me to do. People handing their stuff off to me. Like that was very mundane for them. It was just the best thing ever for me. I loved it.
0: Uh, I love it. It's so good. And, and then all, but further to that, you're sort of in a, like the best job ever, like lifestyle TV. So yeah. how did that come about?
1: Well, I was just super lucky to get my internship in lifestyle. So I did two, I did a channel Ten internship in the newsroom, um and I just found that so daunting. And then I also did um an internship in the seven newsroom as well. It just wasn't for me. I just couldn't. I'm a very bubbly, sprightly person, and I just couldn't oh. do the house fires and the murders, and I just oh. I was never going to be able to do that. Um and also, like in news and this is nothing against news but in news people don't really want to see you when that when you show up because you're showing up to a tragedy or something awful but what we do is um, you know telling people stories and um, it's exciting and it's fun and people get to bring you into their world and they want you there and they're so excited to see you and they're so excited to have a conversation with you and I really saw the two different things there and um, I knew that uh, yeah I knew that it was lifestyle for me for sure. <laughs> tell me about what
0: in your mind, what you, what gives you this great appreciation for kind of bush life and stories in the bush.
1: Oh, I just love everything about it. I love the people, I love the animals. I love how colorful it is. And I love the landscape. There's just, everything is so beautiful and it makes, and I know that's that whole, you know, the bush is so romantic and I know it's not, but I just find it really beautiful. And I think that, um, I don't know. I just feel so, um, I just feel so peaceful when I'm out um, in the country. I think that you either love it or you don't. I think some people just go, oh my gosh, what, you know, what is it that you love about that? But I just think it's so special. There's something about the bush and there's something about the people that live in the bush that really is just so special. And they, you know, they want to bring you into their world and they want to, they want to show you around. And I think also the knowledge that people, in the country have is completely phenomenal I think it's absolutely incredible the amount they know about so many things you know like I feel like I don't know much about anything but I feel like they know so much about so many things and they kind of have to because you know if you're in the middle of nowhere someone's not coming to help you change your tire or you know you've got to know all those things and you've got to know them from a really young age and I think that's really I, I just find it really impressive I find people in the country really impressive
0: you're actually a country girl now yourself um
1: oh, oh, I feel like a I, bit of an imposter calling myself a country uh, girl.
0: I know well I find yeah, it's so interesting that you call yourself an imposter because you're totally not like you actually have your own farm and what you're doing is and you probably you probably actually know a whole heap more than other people who live on the land because your experience is so vast and so, like, diversified. Um, um, yeah, tell me about the imposter syndrome I, and and how tricky that is doing your job.
1: Yeah, oh, it's a real thing. Like, I feel like there is as much, and I absolutely hate it, but I they do think there's a city-country thing, and I really, really don't like it because I do feel like sometimes from the city people think you're a bit silly because you don't know everything that they know so but gosh I'm trying hard to learn but there is I think I you know I think because big decisions sometimes get made by people in the city who haven't been out to the country and that can sometimes be catastrophic for people in the country so I think everyone sort of gets tied with the same brush
0: Mm. um it's so interesting I think you're exactly right like there's a degree of um Um, people can be a little bit condescending sometimes yeah yeah treat you like you you don't know anything I wonder if that will ever change do you see it changing no
1: I don't I don't think it will only because big decisions are still being made by people who haven't been to the country I Mm. mean people you know decisions are being made for I I only um I only came across it again Last week, we had the DPI out at our place um, because they're trying to um, maintain the feral pigs. And we went over to our neighbour's place. And I even felt silly. I was in just my active wear because that's what I wear everywhere because it's easy with the baby. And I was in my sneakers and had my, you know, just I had kind of normal clothes on, not, you know, not, I guess, country clothes. And I just felt silly. have the
0: uniform on. (laughs) Yeah. And I
1: felt silly. up to their house I was thinking you're gonna think I'm so stupid wearing this and you know they're in their full country kit and I just felt so silly and then I thought this is silly that I'm feeling silly because it doesn't matter what you're wearing <laughs> you know
0: yeah there are lots of stereotypes and mm-hmm. um, although they are being broken down left right and center I think it is really hard to break away from that <laughs> jeans and shirt and hat yeah. and boots yeah. Yeah. Um, and the kind of perception that when you walk onto a farm yeah yeah you have to ask certain mm-hmm. questions and speak yeah. in a certain way do you feel that keenly
1: oh no I just felt like I feel silly asking a lot of questions out you know like I feel silly when I ask something and people must go well how are you you know how do you own a farm and not know that i always feel like that i always feel like people are going oh my god how do you not know that but then you know we've got these beautiful neighbors who are just so keen to teach us and they're so they're just so knowledgeable about you know with their they're part of the um the rural fire brigade out here and they just um are amazing and they know so much about you know all the backburning and stuff and they were just I spoke to them for about an hour about it and I just couldn't believe it was that inter-gener- intergenerational knowledge you know like um, the lady that I was speaking to her grandfather grew up on that property and he's been backburning for forever and that she was just talking to me about how they maintain the mountain because we live at the base of um, the scenic rim and they um, maintain you know the mountain so that the fires don't sort of come over like a waterfall and then come into everyone's property and um they're just so it's so incredible hearing them speak about how detailed you know you just think oh yeah backburn um but it's so amazing for me to hear them talk about it and just how in depth and detailed yeah their knowledge is of the area and of how everything works Mm. Mm.
0: yeah I think that's such a point to celebrate about every individual farmer like they know Mm -hmm. that the grass will go well in that left-hand corner of the paddock but if you go further south um you know it's too waterlogged there or in terms of a fire the wind Mm -hmm. will blow this way and it it's yeah it's just incredible it's it's incredible and then if you think also back to like indigenous people as well that that's where you can kind of gain an understanding for how they and they know how the land Mm -hmm. works and how things ebb and flow
1: Yeah. And I find that really, um, I find that really intimidating, but I also find it really special that we've got, you know, people like that that can help us and that are really trying to get us on board with the, you know, the local area. And um, yeah, we've got another set of neighbours who are just unreal as well. And they help us so much um, with the cattle and stuff and they're just unreal as well. So we've got some really beautiful people that are um, helping us give it a good crack.
0: Hey, so we've really missed a whole big and chunk of your story, <laughs> which is how did you meet your husband? And then now, of course, you do have a farm. I want to know all about it in greater detail, but let's, let's talk about Fraser first.
1: Yes. Um, so I met Fraser at a pub where all good love stories start in the smokers area. Back into <laughs> of course um and I just got back from Morton I'd literally just got off the barge and a friend of ours you know come to the pub um and I was like oh my god I've just I've literally just driven off the barge I need to go home like I'm completely feral anyway I didn't I just drove straight to the pub and there he was standing in the smokers area so <laughs> he was a mutual friend of my mate who got us to the pub but um yeah, I thought he liked my friend at the start. And I was saying, yeah, you go for it. Give it a crack. And then I got a message from him later on in the <laughs> night. I really died. I read that wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, at the QA in Brisbane.
0: Yeah. Did that really open up your eyes to country life?
1: Um, yeah. Well, he, he loved it. and He went to a school that had borders. So, a lot of his mates obviously went back to their properties. And he worked on a fair few of their properties straight out of school. So he absolutely loved it. And that was sort of one thing that I guess really clicked the two of us was that we both sort of had that real love for it. And we, we had the love for it, but we didn't have sort of any actual connection to it. You know, mm-hmm. like neither of us were from properties and obviously neither of us had one so we both loved it so much and we used to spend so much time out in Gundy um just because our mates were out there and we just loved it so much so we would go out there a lot just to get our little fix and then we'd come back in like sometimes, god we'd go out for a night we'd go out to Gundy for a night how far is it it? so much oh like four hours from Brisbane, which again isn't too far for you know people living super rurally but it was for us from you know a couple of years into our relationship um we started looking for a property somewhere. It, we, we didn't even really know we were looking, just anywhere. So it took us probably three years to find this place, which is which was good when we finally found it.
0: And you had a stint, did you, working on some stations?
1: Yeah, I did. I um, I guess I think I think at the time work was just I don't know. Work might have been getting a bit too much at the time, and I just I remember on the Christmas break I just said I'm gonna take the first sort of half of the year off and I'm going to go out west and I don't know where I'm going to go but I'm just going to go somewhere um and again it was really hard to find somewhere to go like I really wanted to do I looked into doing all sorts of things I looked into doing cattle courses and um just all sorts of things that would get me out there and it was just so hard there was no I, I could not find anywhere that would take someone that had no experience and Take someone that wasn't from the land and sort of you know ev- everywhere that i looked you had to you know be able to ride a motorbike or be able to ride a horse well or it was in the territory or you know i didn't I, there was nowhere that i could go to learn anyway so it was sort of just um i wanted to learn how to ride a horse well and i wanted to just experience i just wanted to i just wanted to leave i think i just wanted to get out of town and um it was through just friends of friends of friends who said oh i've got a lovely lady on um, a property out in Jilaka which is sort of between Miles and Roma and um, you can go and stay with her if you want. So I went out to see beautiful Julie. Um, she's absolutely amazing. Um, she runs her own place and it's absolutely incredible what she does by herself. It's so amazing um, and so I sort of lived a lived with Julie and made Julie my base and then I sort of traveled from there so I went to Mitchell and um Mitchell and Roma and places and it was sort of it was hilarious because it was just sort of like you know someone at the pub would be like oh yeah old mate could use a hand for a week so I'd go to old mate's place for a week and then know someone else would say oh yeah you can go to blah blah sheep properties so I oh, was so fun and so I'd you know I'd leave Julie's at 3am so I'd get to someone's place at sort of six and then I I know it. thinking back it was completely wild I don't know if I'd do it like I don't driving
0: do a Corolla at the same time
1: <laughs> I borrowed my brother's land cruiser oh my goodness I was in a very old land cruiser um but I I don't think I'd be brave enough to do that now it's so funny um and then I, like, I, did, I went droving for a week with a drover because I saw them on oh the side gosh. of the road and I couldn't – well, I'd never seen a drover before. I didn't even know that existed. I had never heard of it before. And he had a pretty wild setup as well. And I went with him for a couple of days, just jumped on the back of a horse and went with him for a couple oh of my days. Goodness. And then out of that – we were as you know as we were walking down um pushing them down the highway one day one of the cows had a calf and they sort of didn't know what to do with it and so he let me keep the calf and the calf is still alive and it's still at Julie's Frankie I bought yeah amazing and Frankie is still the most divine cow you've ever seen she's so friendly she is a nightmare to obviously get through the yards, but um (laughs) she's just divine yeah still lives out with Julie and she's had a little baby now so um, yeah, it was just one thing after the next and it was just unreal. It was just so, so cool. Yeah.
0: So that is awesome because not everyone, no one would be like, oh yeah, there's a drover on the side of the road. Let's see I if I can go and work with him. So what was like in your mind where you're like, I'm just going to do it all. I'm just going to try everything.
1: Yeah. And I think I just, because I had never been that far west i think everything to me was new like i just i couldn't even believe and everything was cool and i remember saying you know i'd say stuff to julia like oh my god look at the size of that truck and she'd be like yeah like Mm. (laughs) great Mm. you know like just everything was new to me i couldn't i just i was just so excited to see everything because i'd never seen it all before and i couldn't believe how big the agricultural industry was until i was there and it's all they talked about you know because that's their life but it was like you know once you cross that great dividing range it's like this different world out there and I just it was just unreal like I just couldn't believe that that was sort of like that was their life like they lived and breathed it and it was just so different to what I had ever ever experienced before and I think I just kept like I just kept coming across these awesome opportunities and these great people and people that were willing to have me and I mean I guess everyone loves a bit of free labor but I just it was just the coolest thing ever I just yeah
0: do you are you famous around there I bet you are in the community because for two reasons you would have been like you say everyone needs a hand occasionally but don't they don't want to hire someone full time and and also your um curiosity about what they did I'm sure you asked lots of questions would have been I mean everyone loves talking about what they do and about themselves and so they would have loved that
1: yeah I mean I'm, they probably thought there's that crazy blonde girl from the city be-lining for us again I don't know I don't know they did you wear the I was, uniform absolutely you can <laughs> photos of me from then um I oh, I'd go into every gold as I'd seen i Buy a pair of jeans and a pair of boots and hats. <laughs> I loved it. I was living and breathing it. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I um, know. I'm sure they thought I was completely mad. I don't think that they. I don't think that they would have thought it was that great. If yeah. you could
0: do anything, do you think you would like to live out there? Out there, further west.
1: Absolutely yes. And Fraser and I talk about it all the time. We would love, love, love to live further out west um yes if we had all the money in the world for sure we would love to yeah and that is that is something that we would definitely love to do in the future you know once we sort of cut our teeth on a smaller block and learn I don't know learn the ropes a bit more and Fraser's amazing he's really he's got an amazing retention for information I don't know how he does it but he can sort of learn something once and then he pretty much gets the hang of it so we'd really love to go out west further in the years to come for sure yeah so tell me about your farm. So our farm is, we love it. It's really, really beautiful. It's very picturesque. Um, So it's at the bottom of the scenic rim, which is, sorry, at the the bottom of the range, which is the scenic rim. Um, And it's sort of, it looks like something from another country almost. Like it's really, it looks like you're in America sometimes. It's amazing. It feels like you're in, like in a bowl down the bottom of this beautiful mountain range. The house is great. I'd love to be able to spend more time in the yard I can't get anything done now that I have a baby it's very very difficult to get anything done I um started planting a rosemary hedge a while ago and I just planted the last one about a week ago so they're all (laughs) in very different stages the hedge doesn't really look like much of a hedge but um yeah it's great we love it and it's all we need for the moment Got two beautiful creeks that run through it um, and they're flowing like you wouldn't believe at the moment they've been dry for 20 years but um wow yeah so and they're really beautiful and yeah it's just it's just great we love and it and you've got some cattle we do we've got 50 breeders um so and they're all going really well we got our, our first write-up in Queensland country life the other day oh were very Congratulations. <laughs> we were very excited I actually got it framed um. <laughs> which is hilarious I a would too <laughs> um but yeah i mean we have got a little mention um but yeah we um it's it's really great we just we um we just love just finding out new things and learning things and trying different things and we grew a crop of chickpeas and we've done sorghum and we've done you know we've done a few different things and um we've done a pretty good job at them for first timers so it's good yeah
0: have you found it to be um like you're you're a real farmer now and you've got skin in the game oh, right. and you actually have to manage things pests animals feed all that kind of stuff have you like what's is the reality far different from the dream
1: oh yeah my gosh and things just you know yeah, it, it is. It's very different. The reality is very different from the dream. And it's, you know, it is a working farm. So it's, you know, you've got to get stuff done on time. And like I had, yeah, I, I get put in charge of certain things, not very important things, but I get put in charge of some things. And the other day I hadn't, I had just completely forgotten to order the Neils tags and our cattle were going to the sale yards on the Saturday and on the Thursday. Fraser said so where are those um where are those tags babe and I had just hadn't even ordered them and he'd asked me you know he'd been asking me for a month to order them (laughs) and just little things like that that I was like I cannot be dropping the ball on these things because you know like those things yeah it's money and those things can't wait and even and it's this sounds really bad but you know if you you think like oh you know if a calf dies or if you know a calf is a lot of money and you can't you know like things Mm. like that you just think I don't know maybe before I would have thought oh, okay like that's that's a shame but you know you can't, you no those context. things are really bad you know those you cannot have those things happen on your property so um yeah little things that I guess seemed quite insignificant probably but things yeah really really important that you may not have thought about beforehand
0: yeah
1: hey you you've got you I think you're in
0: such a lucky position because you you've got such a deep understanding now of ag and farming um but also you've got this platform in the city. So what's your dream with it? Like, what would you really love to do?
1: Mm, this question is so hard. I got asked this question the other day. <laughs> um, I would love, well, first of all, I would love to be more knowledgeable about farming, which is coming, but I would love to connect people somehow. I don't know how that will look, but I would really love to do something that connects that whole divide. I think it's, I think that's something that's really lacking. Even when I was trying to sort of break into that world, mm. I could not find a course on educate me at all. I called every, I called all of the unions, I called all of the unions down South and no one had anything that was offering to someone that, you know, that was sort of my age at the time, I guess that wanted to learn, like there was mm. nothing. Mm. So I would love to, I don't know, I don't know, connect, Connect city people that want that experience with the country because I when I did my, um, this is a terribly long-winded answer, when I did my um, time out there, I had so many girls message me on Instagram, like so many, saying, I'd love to do this, how did you do it? And I didn't really have an answer for them because I did it through friends of friends of friends and I couldn't, you know, send them oh, out there, but oh. there are some Facebook pages like that bring us from the top end, but like a lot of them are in the territory or they're pretty, you know, full on jobs, like it's hard yakka. And for someone just starting out, I think that would be a bit of a baptism of fire. So I don't know. I'd love to connect people with some sort of rural experience, but I don't know how that would look.
0: Oh, that's such a good project. I mean, it could take years and years and years
1: it to develop. It could take years, But that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Mm.
0: yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Uh, um, okay. And I think that's all I've really got to ask you. What else do I want to ask you? Where, where do you want to travel to? Where would you love to shoot a story in oh, Australia?
1: I'd love to go to Uluru. And I loved the territory. I really loved the territory. We did a road trip there yeah. last year and I thought it was yeah. so cool um so yeah territory or Uluru I'd love to do WA um Tassie sounds like I've been nowhere um (laughs) I've done most of Queensland
0: only that big wide state of yours Um,
1: yeah yeah um yeah I've done most of Queensland but not really a whole lot of anywhere else yeah except for territory but gosh I want to go everywhere I don't know I don't know i'd love to do a year around australia God, wouldn't it be good? great yeah, yeah. Be
0: awesome. yeah. Oh, the possibilities are endless it's very exciting for you we love what you do grazie has a big fan of you so thanks so much for sharing us sharing a little bit more of the ins and outs of your life behind the scenes and for chatting with us today on life on the land
1: oh thank you for having me it was an absolute pleasure
0: Gosh, it is so nice to be with you again. Thank you for tuning in and thanks for listening to Sammy's story. To me, she is such a breath of fresh air and her unbridled enthusiasm for agriculture is utterly infectious. Keep an eye out on the Grazy Her channels for more from Sammy soon. We are lucky enough to have her emceeing our New Horizons event in the coming months This event's all about celebrating new, innovative women in the ag industries and starting a conversation about how these women see the future of agriculture and life in rural Australia. We will have more details on this event soon, so please keep an eye on all our social channels or sign up to our newsletter, which arrives in your inbox each Friday, grazieher.com.au. We'll be back with you next Monday for another Life on the Land story.